Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Um, on Easter weekend, if you remember, we had evangelist Kurt Copeland with us to preach two services and uh, to a full house, and God just blessed in an amazing way. Hey, wasn't Easter great this year? You remember that Easter egg hunt we had with like 600 people and 72 salvations? That was just a wonderful, wonderful thing, and God continues to do good things in his church. So Kurt, and he brought his wife this time with him, Christy, and he's going to come this morning and give us something from the Word of God. So would you guys welcome him as he comes this morning? Let's give him a big round of applause. And uh, what a great place. Merry Christmas. And uh, I will do my best to speak with a uh, New Jersey accent for the next, next little bit. And, uh, or I can just drop it down a little bit southern. We'd have a good old time. God's word here today. And uh, go southern on you too. But I'm thrilled to be here. I'm glad to have my wife here with me as well. And uh, Christy is her name. She's, her maiden name's Payne. And uh, she was a pain. And then, then I, I married her. She's been changed. She's no longer a pain. And uh, that's the truth. Her maiden name is Payne. But uh, we are thrilled to be here. We really are and thankful for the opportunity to be back. And, and uh, it, it is a wonderful place to be. Open Bible Baptist, I, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here again today. And I, I, uh, we were with the Austins last night, and they accused us of being Christer Christians. Uh, just Christmas and Easter service is all we show up for. And that's all we've been here for is Christmas and Easter. So we are, uh, we're going we're, 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 I guess we're guilty of that. So you pray for us and uh, thank you. If you're a guest here today, welcome to church today. And uh, I, hope, I hope you hear from God today. And uh, he has a message for you. That's why we're here today. And thank you for the singing. We've had a, had a great visit already and excited about what God has in store for us. And uh, uh, Tyler and Christy picked us up, uh, Tyler and Carrie, excuse me, picked up Christy and I uh, from the airport last night. We were supposed to get in much earlier but uh, I guess holiday travel, or any travel for that matter, we were uh, substantially late. And uh, so they had to wait on us for quite a while. And, and, uh, and then when we got to the, the Fenton's house last night, uh, Mrs. Fenton said, we have a steamer here uh, if you guys need anything steamed. And, and as soon as she said that, I thought, great, my suit coat, I didn't pack it in my bag so it wouldn't get wrinkled. And, uh, and then I realized I didn't have my suit coat with me. I left it on the plane. And so, but... Brother Tyler came to the rescue, and uh, I have a suit coat on that, that I hope goes with it. I hope it does. It doesn't matter now because it's on. We're just going to work our way through it. I, I told him I'm not going to flex. That way I don't rip it out. And uh, flex right here and rip it out. But uh, we, we are, uh, God, God has a sense of humor. I think he does things often for us just to help us eat a good old piece of humble pie sometimes. And uh, sometimes we get a little too big for our own britches, don't we? And uh, we think too highly of ourselves, and, and sometimes God just says, wait a second, I want you to know you're nothing without me, and, and that's truly all of us. And uh, we, are, we are thrilled to be in God's house. I thoroughly enjoyed Sunday school this morning. If you don't show up for Sunday school, you're missing out. And I, I mean that. I'm not saying that to, to, to uh, uh, shame anybody. I don't mean it that way. What I'm saying is my cup was filled this morning in Sunday school, 
And uh, Mrs. Fenton prepared a great Sunday school lesson that Brother Fenton pre- uh, preached to us this morning in Sunday school. And so, and uh, I'm, I'm just joking. But uh, it was a tremendous lesson, really was, on, on this matter of forgiveness. And I don't know, I don't know, as I was sitting there thinking, Brother Fenton made, made mention of this multiple times, if you haven't been offended, or, or every one of us had faced uh, that, that being hurt by someone. If I had you raise your hand, if you've ever been hurt by someone, every hand would go up. And if your hand didn't go up, I want to meet you after church, because I want to know what your, what your specialty is, because we all get hurt. People say things, people do things, and the lesson was on forgiveness, and uh, not holding a spirit of bitterness. Boy, we, we, all, we all needed that this morning. Thank you, Brother Fenton. That was a blessing. And if you're not in Sunday school, I challenge you, find a good old Sunday school class, jump in, and uh, be a part. And, and Brother Richard, good to see you again, too. I saw you come back. There you are, back in the back. Good to see you again, and a dear friend, and, and uh, thank God for him. Good to see the Browns down here up front. And uh, Brother David and I were in high school together. He's much older than me. He was held back many years. <laughs> but... Uh, we, we, <laughs> I started in kindergarten, he's in 10th grade, and he graduated just a few years before me. And, uh, he, but uh, good to see the Browns again as well, and thank God for them. We're going to take our Bibles and go to uh, Matthew, excuse me, Luke chapter number 2. Great Christmas, great Christmas passage of Scripture in uh, Luke chapter number 2. And, and I know we're all familiar with this passage of Scripture. And, and you know, truthfully, we come to a, a season like this, and we have a passage of scripture like Luke chapter 2. You've heard it. You know it all. You have the t-shirt. Many of you could probably quote Luke chapter number 2 because you've heard it all your life. I remember as a little kid, my, my parents, I didn't grow up going to church. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home, but, but uh, we weren't in church at, hardly at all in my early years of life. My parents owned a roller skating rink in Illinois. And when we got in that roller skating business, that occupied all of our time, so we, we didn't go to church. Matter of fact, I was outside with my three older brothers playing baseball in the gravel parking lot of the Rhythm and Roll Skate Center in Mattoon, Illinois. And, and a car pulled in the parking lot of the roller, roller skating rink, and a man got out of the car. His name was Norm Amstutz. I didn't know him when he got out of the car. Matter of fact, we got out of the car, you know, we, we, you know, stranger danger time, you know, creeper man getting out of the car and approaching us three young boys. And, and he said to us, boys, you want to go to church? We all kind of looked at him a little bit awkwardly, you know, like, who are you and, you know, what are you doing? And then he said, we'll pick you up and we'll give you free candy. Sign me up. I'm in. And uh, that next Sunday, the four Copeland boys got on the bus. We went to church and and, uh, and I trusted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, January 11th, 1982. And uh, baptized not too many weeks after that there at Emmanuel Baptist Church in, in Mattoon, Illinois. Uh, I, I say that because we, we weren't even in church, but my parents had the four Copeland boys memorize Luke chapter number two, and in a roller skating rink on the PA system in the roller skating rink, they had us four Copeland boys quote Luke chapter number two, in the roller skating rink. Quite, quite an amazing story. And uh, people making fun of us as they skated by and all that kind of, but it's, we didn't know any better. So we just quoted the scripture. And, uh, but not even going to church. We, we know Luke chapter number two. That is the reason that, that Christmas takes place. The whole basis for Christmas, matter of fact, the whole cr- uh, basis for your Bible is Luke chapter number two. That's why we have a Bible. And I want you, we're going to read a portion of Luke chapter number two here this morning. And, uh, and see what God has for us from his word. And we'll go to another passage of scripture here in just a few moments. Luke chapter number two, beginning in verse number one, the Bible says this. 
And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came unto them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. By the way, put yourself in their shoes. Uh, you'd have been afraid too. Here they are, shepherds out on the hillside watching their sheep night, just looking up at the stars, and poof, there came a heavenly host. The angels of God in front of them. I, I would have, I'd have been screaming like a girl. No offense, ladies. I'd have been screaming like a girl. I'd have had a fit. I would have. And here the angel of the Lord came to him and said, hey, don't be afraid. And the angel said to him, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. I love this passage of Scripture because this passage of Scripture teaches us the basis of Christianity. It teaches us the foundational level of why we call ourselves Christians. I love this passage of Scripture. We'll look at one particular verse in this passage and then another passage in just a moment. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll begin the service here this, this morning. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your love. We thank you for God sending your only begotten Son to this old sin-cursed earth, God, because you loved us so much, God, you realize really there was no hope for mankind because of sin. And the only remedy, the only cure, the only hope that we would have as humans, God, was the precious blood of your Son, the perfect Lamb of God, the substitute. And God, we rehearsed this morning this passage of Scripture where you told us that story of that glorious birth of your son, Jesus Christ, who came to this earth to die on the cross for, for us. Thank you, God, for your love. Thank you for, for providing salvation through your son. Would you meet with us here these next few moments in a special way? And God, would you work in our hearts? Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being our Savior. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. I've entitled this morning's message, more than just a baby. That baby that laid in that manger that, that uh, early Christmas morning was more than just a baby. I, I, my wife and I, we have two precious daughters, and I thank God for them. I really do. Uh, our oldest daughter, she's 24. She lives in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. By the way, she's single and ready to mingle. So if you know of someone who is an eligible bachelor, we are taking applications. And, uh, but I, I, do, I will look at financials first, just so you know. It's, and... Uh, but uh, we, she lives down in Fort Walton Beach, and she teaches at a Christian school there, teaches third grade, 
And, uh, I, and our second daughter, her name is Gabrielle. She is actually back in Tennessee. She came home from college just a few days ago, and we, she drove us to the airport yesterday to come here. And, and, uh, and uh, she is uh, a junior in college and study. But I, re- I remember when our daughters were born. How many of y'all are parents? You, you've had children in your home, and you, you know what I'm talking about if, if you've had those children. And, and I, I heard it once said that, that uh, you have a child, when they turn 12, you build a box and you put them in the, the wooden box and, 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 and screw that box shut, drill a little hole in the box so you can get them oxygen and feed them. When they turn 17, plug the hole. And uh, I, I've heard it said. How, can I tell you, having young people can be, can be trying at times, can't it? I, I remember when our children were born, I remember going to the, the uh, hospital uh, early in, in uh, October of 97. And uh, we got to the hospital. My, my wife had not gone into labor, so she was going in to be induced. And, and so I was disappointed because I wanted to drive the car fast, you know, and race to the, the hospital to have, have the birth of our child. But I didn't get to do that. So we went early enough. I did speed a little bit to get there anyway, just for the thrill of it. We got to the hospital, and she was induced into labor. And I remember waiting on the birth of our first daughter. Her name is Angel. And I remember waiting, and, and, and you know, as a dad, you know, you just kind of pace back and forth. And, and I was there, my wife's laying in the bed, and she's hooked up to all these monitors, and you hear all the beeping and the noises and all that stuff. And I would go over, and my ADHD just kicks in, and I, I would play with the monitors for a little bit. My wife would get on to me and say, stop. And and, and I, I had a good old time waiting on the birth of our child. I, I remember as, as, as the doctor came in the room, the nurses went and got her, and my wife had started dilating and all that kind of stuff, and, and uh, birth was imminent. And the doctor came in, and, and, and the doctor was just a little, small, petite lady, and, and she came in. She was a small, petite lady, but she had some lungs on her. She came in, and she was loud, and she said, Chrissy, are you ready to give birth? And my wife's like, yes, let's do this. And I'm like, yes, this is exciting. And, and, and she, started, she started all those nurse or doctor things, preparing everything. And, and, and then she said, Christy, you, you're getting ready to, to have contractions. We're going we're to start pushing. And, and I, I'm standing there. I'm nervous and excited and all these, these, these things that, that dads go through. And, and, uh, and, and then she said, all right, well, we're going to start counting. When we start counting, Christy, you're going to push. And, and she started counting. And it was, she, started, she was right beside my wife. And I was on the other side of my wife. And I'm holding her hand. She's crushing my hand with that grip she had and, and looking at me and saying, why would you do this to me? And, and, uh, and, and, and we started counting. And, and the doctor, she, she started saying, one, two. And it wasn't like that. It was more like, one, two, I mean, real loud. I mean, people down in other floors of the hospital could hear this lady yelling numbers. And, and she looked at me across the bed and she said, Kurt, you're not counting. I was like, okay, I am from Tennessee and I do know how to count. And you know, I, I have enough fingers I could get up to 10. And, and so she said, count with me. And so I'm like, one, two. She said, no, louder. And like, one, two. And we're both yelling out these numbers. And, 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 and then she finished that contraction. I'm like, whew, this is, this is too much. And and, uh, and then it started again, and as a dad, I was just having a time. I was. And I will never forget, I'll never forget, the doctor, she, we're, she's counting again and pushing, my wife's pushing again, and, and the doctor said, there she comes. And I, I'm all nervous. I feel like I'm going to pass out. You know, the dads have such a hard time at birth. And, and, and she held my daughter angel in her arms 
The, my wife's crying. You, their parents, just, just remember, rehearse it for just a second. You, you remember that thrill, that fear, that excitement, holding that, that child in your arms. And here is this, this doctor holding our little girl angel in her arms. And, and my wife's crying, and I'm crying, and our, our baby's crying. Everyone's crying. And she said, you have a beautiful baby girl. And I, I looked over and I saw our, our baby. And forgive me, I looked, I said, what is that? That's not even human. What is that? That can't be my daughter. I, I put her back. That's not mine. Something's wrong. And they, they cleaned up. And then I held my baby in my arms for the first time. Can I tell you that thrill, that excitement of holding that baby in your arms for the first time? Those of your parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That, 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 that feeling of responsibility, that feel, feeling of, of thrill, that feeling of dreaming of, of what God could use this little child to do. Can, can I tell you that? There's nothing that compares to the thrill of having that child in your arms. Could you imagine Mary? Mary on that first Christmas morning, in that, in that, that, that stable, that, 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 that manger scene, as she held that baby in her arms for the first time, and knowing that the angel had appeared to her months before and said, Mary, you're going to have a child, not just any child, but the precious Son of God. Could, could you imagine Mary as she held that baby in her arms, looking at that baby she had just given birth to, but knowing in her mind, I am holding the Son of God in my arms. Not just a baby, but the precious Son of God. What an amazing thought. Can I take you to another passage of Scripture here this morning? Can you, can you take your Bibles, go all the way back to the Old Testament, almost 900 years earlier. Go to Isaiah chapter number, chapter number 9. Isaiah chapter number 9. I want you to see this passage of Scripture. Because Isaiah, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, penned these words. And Isaiah foretold this birth that took place on Christmas morning. He told about the birth that was going to happen in Isaiah chapter number 9. I want you to look, if you would please, at verse number 6. Isaiah said this. For unto us is born, uh, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Isaiah chapter number 9, verse number 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I read this passage of scripture and please understand, this is nearly 900 years earlier. Isaiah the prophet penned these words saying that one day God's going to give us a son. And that son's not going to just be the average baby that's born in the hospital. That son's going to be the precious son of God. The, the God incarnate. God on earth. God wrapped in human flesh. That's what God's going to give us. 
And that's what we celebrate today on Christmas morning, the birth of this precious child. I, I look at these passages of Scripture. By the way, uh, this was not just any baby. Th this baby was deity wrapped in human flesh. Isaiah chapter number 7, just a few pages. We'll do a, a, a quick Bible study. Isaiah 7, look at verse number 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. The word Emmanuel literally means God with us. God with us. That's pretty amazing. Look over at chapter number 8. Chapter number 8, look at verses 8 and 10. The Bible says this. And he shall pass through Judah. He shall overflow and go over. He shall reach even to the neck. And the stretching out of his wings shall fill the breath of the land. O Emmanuel, God with us, referring to God. Look at verse number 10. The Bible says this. Take counsel together, and it shall come to naught. Speak the word, and it shall not stand. For God is with us. And then our text, verses, verses 6 and 7 of chapter 9. You see, here, here's the whole point. God Almighty looked down to this old sin-cursed earth, and he said, there's no hope for mankind unless there's a Savior. And God sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. I, I look at this, these, these verses, and I wrote down three simple points in my notes here this morning that I want to share with you quickly this morning. I wrote down, number one, what makes Jesus not just a baby? Not, he's more than just, what makes him more than just a baby? I wrote down this, number one, I put down this. He is personal. He is personal. I, I, the Bible says in Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born. Hey, can I tell you when God sent Jesus Christ to this earth, it wasn't for just the person next door. God sent Jesus Christ for you and for me. It's personal. He's a personal Savior. He's not just for the preacher. He's not just for the evangelist. He's not just for the missionary. He's not just for the deacon. He's not just for the Sunday school teacher. When Jesus Christ came to this earth, it was for every living person on this planet. Hey, hey Jesus, I believe in a whosoever will gospel. Whosoever will. That means anybody. That means everybody. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 9, that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Do you, do you understand what that means? That means that God wants every one of us in heaven with him. Not just the good people here today at Open Bible. God wants everyone in heaven with him. God does want that. He came to all. The Bible says he came to, all, it came to his own, his own received him not. You know what God says? God died for all of us. In 2 Peter 3, 9, he's not willing that any should perish. The verse that every one of us could quote this morning, John chapter 3 and verse number 16. For God so loved the world, every one of us, Every one of us, no matter the skin color, no matter the orientation, no, no matter what is, is true about your past, whatever your education level is, it makes no difference. Jesus died for you. Jesus came to this earth for you. For God so loved the world. I, I, I don't change the scripture, but I like to apply the scripture. When I read John chapter 3, verse number 16, here's what I do in my own mind, in my own heart. For God so loved Kurt Copeland that he gave his only begotten son that if Kurt Copeland believed in him, 
He shall not perish but have everlasting life. By the way, do the same thing with your name. Put your name there. For God so loved David Brown that he gave his only begotten son. I know that's stretching it, really. I know it is. But that's how much, amen. But that's how much God loved David Brown. That's how much God loved you. That he sent his only son, born in a lowly, lowly stable, to, to, to lowly parents. No fanfare, no, no uh, parade going on because Jesus was born. As a matter of fact, just the opposite took place when Jesus was born. Nobody knew it except those, those, those shepherds on the hillside. There was no crowd of people that gathered around for the birth to celebrate the birth of Christ. Matter of fact, Herod the king wanted to kill all the babies because of it. But Jesus Christ loved us so much, he came to this whole earth for you and for me. It's personal. Romans chapter 2 and verse 11, for there is no respect of persons with God. Don't you love that? Okay, if you're asleep, I'm, I'm, I'll help you wake up here for just a second. Some of y'all, you, you're saying, this guy, he hollers too much. I, I'm sorry, I'll try and tone it down just a little bit. The, the, the Bible says there's no respect of persons with God. Stop and think about that. You know what that means? Tyler, right? When God looks down from heaven today and God sees Tyler, God doesn't, when, when he looks down, he doesn't look at Tyler and say, oh, well, he's just 17 years old. He's just 17, 16. I would have guessed older. When he, he doesn't say, oh, well, Tyler, he's just a young punk. You know, he's just a little kid. What does he know? And look at, at a preacher and say, oh, look at the man of God. Can, can I tell you? We just read Romans. There is no respect of persons with God. You ever, you ever walk into church sometimes and think, well, I'm not as good as that person? Or maybe it's this way. Maybe you come into church and you're carrying your kids with you. You know, you got them in a line and, and, and the whole service, you're like, stop, stop, don't do that. And you look across and you see someone else's family and you're like, why can't you guys act like them? What is your problem? Or, or some of you as a couple, you walk into a church service like this and, 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 and you see another couple. And that couple's all cuddled up next to each other, and, and they're in love. And you look over at your, your husband, ma'am, and you're like, why don't you treat me like he treats her? Where, you, you ever compare yourself with a, by the way, it's a dangerous thing, isn't it? Matter of fact, the Bible cautions us against it. The Bible says when we compare ourselves amongst ourselves, we are not wise. It's a foolish thing to compare yourself with someone. It's a foolish thing to look at your kids and say, why can't you act like so-and-so? By the way, I was that younger brother. Any witnesses here today? Where your parents look at you and say, why can't you act like your brother? Why can't you? Why can't you? It's a, it's a scary thing to be compared to someone else. It's a dangerous thing to be compared to someone else. That's why I love this. When God Almighty looks down here at Open Bible this morning, God doesn't look down here and say, wow, look at this great person. They've been in church for, for 15, 20, 30 years. And look at someone else. Maybe you're here for the first time, and, and you're, you're here and you're thinking, I don't, I don't even fit here. What, what am I doing here? Hey, when God looks down here at you, God looks down here at me, he sees us all 
as precious children of his. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you know what God's saying right now? I died for you. I love you so much. I sent my son in that manger. What Christmas is all about, I die. I'm here for you. That's what God's saying to you this morning. He sees you and he loves you and he sent his son to die for you. I've got my two daughters. Can I just tell you? I wouldn't give my daughter, I mean this with respect. I don't mean this in a, in a crude way at all. But I, I don't think I'd let my daughter die for any one of y'all. Oh, I'm sorry, for any one of you guys. I, 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 don't, I don't know that I would do that. You say, well, that's rude. Probably. But I don't suppose any one of y'all would let your child die for me either. Why? Because you love your child. God Almighty, our Creator, sent His only Son to this sin-cursed earth for a wretched sinner like Kirk Copeland who deserves hell. I do. If you don't believe me, ask my wife. She'll tell you. Better yet, don't ask her because she'll probably tell you. I deserve hell. I'm a sinner. And God loved me so much, he sent his own son to die for me. That's how much God loves me. My daughters, when they were younger, we, we I'm careful how I say these stories, but we, we practiced biblical discipline in our home. That meant when one of our daughters did wrong, they got a, a spanking. In, in a biblical, appropriate way. And I, I remember one of my daughters, our rule was if they did something wrong, they got a spanking. By the way, when I was growing up, we didn't call them spankings in our home. We called them beatings in our home, and I got plenty of beatings. I still have scars to prove it. But my daughters, when they did wrong, they'd get a spanking, and if they lied, they got two spankings. We, we were trying to teach them, you don't lie. You tell the truth. Be a man of integrity, for them, a lady of integrity. And, and so if they did something wrong, they got one spank. And if they tried to lie, if they lied to try and cover it up, they got two. My oldest daughter, her name's Angel, we're still trying to decide what type of angel she is, if she's a heavenly angel or a fallen angel. So, so bear with us on that. But uh, Angel had done something wrong, and she, she got in trouble, and she lied about it. And so I was in the bedroom with Angel, and she was receiving her first spanking. And, uh, and then we gave her a little gap, you know, kind of torture, you know, the, 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 the way parents act, you know, and, and she had gotten her one spanking and we, it was the torture time between the one and the second one and she's sitting on the bed and she's, you know, had one of those cry spells where she couldn't even talk and breathe. Do I have to get my, my, my second spanking? And, and so she was, she was all, and then there was a little knock at the door, just ever so slight. And so I knew the knock on the door wasn't my wife because it would have been a little bit louder than that. So I knew the, the, the knock on the door had to be our, our, her younger sister, Gabrielle. Gabby's what we call her. And Gabby's knocking on the door. She's probably four or five years old, something like that. She knocked on the door and I said, Gabby, we're busy right now. And I was still talking to my other daughter and sure enough, there was another little knock on the door. I said, Gabby, we're busy right now. Please leave us alone. Daddy, daddy. I said, no, Gabby, we're busy. She knocked a third time. And, and as a dad, I'm thinking, 
All right, two of them are getting a spanking now. She's not obeying. And I opened the door almost in haste. I know y'all have never been there, but I, I was. I opened the door a little bit in haste, and I, I looked at Gabby and said, Gabby, what do you want? She had tears coming down her face. And she said, Daddy, she said, I know Angel deserves a second spanking. But Daddy, I'll take her second spanking if that's okay. <laughs> I looked at my daughter and I thought, Whose child are you? <laughs> There's something mentally wrong with you. You, you say that one. I didn't say this stuff out loud, but I'm thinking it in my mind. So, say that one more time. She said, Daddy, I'll, I'll take Angel's spanking, her second spanking. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, what do you do? I mean, there was no lesson on parenting that said, here's what you do when your child wants to take her, her, her sibling's punishment. And so I look over at Angel. Angel's crying. Angel's eight. Gabby's five. I look at Angel. I say, Angel, your sister wants to take your second spanking. Do you want your sister to take your second spanking? She didn't even hesitate. Yes! Please! Please! Oh, thank you, Jesus! And Gabby comes over, and, and, and then you, you, I know you're thinking right now, do, do, we, do we, as a parent, do we lessen the spanking? Do we, do we show mercy? How do you, again, there's no, there's no book you read that says, here's how you do this. And, and, and I'm thinking, no, I, I'm not going to make it any lighter. I'm going to do it just as if I would have. It was a, and, and so I'm thinking this in my mind, and I'm thinking, what do I do with Angel while I'm spanking now Gabby? What do you, what do, you do? And I, I thought, okay, well... Angel, you're going to stand right here. You're going to watch your sister take your second spanking. And Angel's standing there, and Gabby's now leaning over the bed, and, and I proceed to spank my younger daughter. The wailing and gnashing of teeth and the crying. And Gabby gets up off the bed, and she's crying, and I'm crying. My wife has come in the room, she's crying. My, my daughter, Angel, she's not crying. She's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. She's still crying from her first spanking. We all get in a big huddle. We're crying together and, and, and just, re hey, can I tell you? That's what Jesus did for you and me. I deserve the spanking. I, 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 when I say spanking, please understand, I mean hell. I mean a literal burning lake of fire. That's what I deserve. And Jesus Christ, this little baby in a manger, goes to God the Father and says, God the Father, I'll take Kurt Copeland's punishment. I'll take his place. And he hung on that cross and he suffered and he bled and he died for me and for you. It's personal. Jesus didn't come for the person next door. He came for you. Jesus didn't come for a different generation. Jesus came for us right here in 2021. Number one, I see in this passage of Scripture, the Bible says in verse number six, for unto us, it's personal. Number two, I, I put down this in my notes. Number one, he is personal. Number two, he is powerful. For unto us, a child is born. We don't think of a child as being powerful, do we? But this child wasn't just a babe in a manger. This child was the precious son of God. This child, the Bible describes him in so many ways. 
The, the Bible says a son is given. Now, look, look at how God describes this powerful child. He says in, in verse number six, he calls him the mighty God. This little baby laying in a manger, God Almighty looks at him and says, he's a mighty God. He's a powerful God. He's just a baby lying in a manger. And again, you have to think of Mary holding that baby and thinking, what kind of, what kind of child is this? He's the Son of God. He's a mighty God. He was there in Genesis chapter number 1 when the Bible says, and God created the heavens of the earth. Jesus was there. Genesis chapter number 2, my wife and I, we, we just did some premarital counseling for a young couple who had their wedding just, just two days ago. And in that, that passage, we go to Genesis chapter number 2 where, where the Bible says that Adam was naming those creatures and, and, and God looked and said that Adam's naming all these creatures, but Adam didn't have a help meet for him. He was alone. And God said, it's not good. I will make a help meet for him. And so God put, put Adam to sleep took a rib. We jokingly tell these guys, every, every premarital counseling session, I say this to them. I said, so, so do you just count your ribs on your side? I tell the guy, just count your ribs. And on one side, there's one less rib than there is on the other side. And almost without fail, the guys are like, really? really? Oh, no way. And, and, uh, and, but God took that rib and God formed Eve. God made Eve and brought Eve to Adam. And they became one flesh. I, I look at, at how God, when, when God said, we will make man in our image. Ho, ho, hold on. It's not a grammatical error in your Bible. When God said, we will make man in our image, he was talking about he, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. God created mankind in God's image. Mighty God. Jesus Christ was there in Genesis chapter number 1. Jesus Christ is there in Revelation chapter number 22. And he's in every page in between. Jesus Christ is mighty God. He, he's a powerful God. He's powerful enough to save us in our sin-cursed world. He's powerful enough to provide for us. He's powerful enough, powerful enough to, to protect us. That's our mighty God. That's what Isaiah describes him as here in, in, in Isaiah chapter number 9. He says, number one, he's a mighty God. He says, number two, he's an everlasting father. There's no beginning, no ending. Did, did you get that? God's always been. Before your problems, God was there. After your problems, guess what? God's still going to be there. Hey, I, I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what trial, I don't know what trouble there is. Can I tell you this? All God's children have problems. All of us do. Jesus Christ was there before your problem. Jesus Christ will be there after your problem. And he's there through your problem. You're not alone. He's a powerful God. Number one, it's personal. Number two, he's powerful. He goes on in, in verse number 6. He says, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. If you're a mom in the room, especially if you have younger children, sometimes you want to say, Calgon, take me away. Sometimes you want to say, why did I even have children? I, I know, you're not going to say amen out loud right there because the children may be sitting next to you. But it, it's true. Hey, sometimes you think, Will there ever be peace? 
Maybe you're a husband and wife, and maybe there's strife from time to time. My wife and I, we don't call them arguments. We call them discussions, <laughs> like it sugarcoats it or something. Every, every couple has them. Every couple has them. Those times where you don't get along like you should. By the way, don't throw any elbows right now. This is time not to do that. Sometimes we catch ourselves saying, I just want a little bit of peace. I just want some release from the stress of everything that's going on. Those of you kids that are still in school, you're in school and sometimes you're thinking, I just want peace from all this homework, all these tests, all these quizzes, all this stuff. I, hey, we, so we want peace. You go to work and sometimes there's struggle, struggle at work and, and then the bills come in the mail and sometimes you sit back and say, I just want a break from it all. Hey, can I tell you, that's that child in the manger, the Prince of Peace to come and take you through the trial and trouble you have and to walk you through it. Hey, can I tell you, you're never alone. Hebrews 13, 5, he will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter what you face, no matter what your trial is, Jesus Christ is there with you through your trial. Number one, I see in this passage of Scripture, he's personal to us, he's personal. Number two, he's powerful Number three, I see this. He's present. And and, and forgive me for this, but Luke chapter number two, if you want to flip right back over there, are two text passages of Scripture. Luke chapter two, verse number 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. That present that he is to us, when I say present, I'm referring to that present under the tree. That present that Jesus is to us, he's our Savior. My time's up. But can I finish with this? That gift that God gave you and me on that Christmas morning some 2,000 years ago. Get this. That gift was a Savior. I, I love Christmas. I'm not real big on the decorations. My wife is real big on the decorations. I think we have some 13 Christmas trees up in our house. Why? I have no idea. I am I'm not a fan. I'm getting myself in trouble even saying this out loud right now. I'm not a fan. But I love Christmas. By the way, I think Christmas music is great like two, three weeks before Christmas and then stop, right? You know, but it, I, I'm offending some of y'all, so please forgive me. Some of you, you listen to Christmas music, 12 months out of the year. Amen. Amen. We've got some witnesses here today. Yeah. Hey, can I tell you that present? I love Christmas. I, I, love, I love giving gifts. I love opening gifts. I, I'm not one of those guys that when you open a gift, you, you peel every little corner off like you're going to save and reuse the paper. That's not me. You take the time and you peel off every little piece of tape and, and you fold it up and you try it. I'm tearing it apart. I'm ripping it open, and I'm looking at what's in there, and I'm like, yes, that's awesome. What's next? That, that, I love presents. I really do. I love giving them. I love tearing them open. Hey, can I tell you the greatest gift I have ever been given by far was the precious Son of Jesus, Son of God, Jesus. When Jesus Christ was born in that lowly stable, some 2,000 years ago, God Almighty wrapped that present in swaddling clothes and he gave that present to you and to me. 
What a present. Hey, can I ask you this morning? Have you received that present? Has that present been received by you? What do I mean by that? If you're a parent, you would think your child to be something seriously wrong with your child. If you had a present under the tree that had their name tag on it, and at Christmas you handed them that gift, and they said, oh, thanks, Dad, and they took that gift, unwrapped, and put it in their bedroom and set it on their dresser and never opened it. You'd look at them and say, what's your problem? Oh, well, Dad, I just like the wrapping paper. No, there's something special inside the wrapping paper. Hey, can I tell you, when Jesus Christ gave us that gift, it's not just knowing that he gave a gift, it's receiving that gift. Romans chapter 13, Romans chapter 10, verse number 13. For whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're in the right place. You're in a great place. Because Jesus Christ came for you. Why? Because he wants you in heaven someday. Jesus wants you in heaven. As an 11-year, excuse me, as a 10-year-old boy, sitting on the third row back center aisle of Emmanuel Baptist Church on a Wednesday night, January the, January the uh, 11th, 1982, I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I realized that that baby in a manger came for me. And I didn't want to... I didn't want to die and go to a place called hell. I wanted to go to heaven. And as a 10-year-old boy, I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I received that present. Have you? Have you received that present? This morning, if you've not received that present, I'd like to invite you to receive Jesus Christ today. If you're here today and you already know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, praise God. We're part of the family of God together. I'm your brother. I'm your brother. Praise God for that. Hey, can I tell you this? It's not just a present word to keep. It's a present word to share with others. Share that with your friends and family this Christmas. If you're here and you don't know Christ, let's trust him today. We're going to pray to close the service. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we'll have a word of prayer to close the service. And I, I do want to invite you as, you, as you bow your head and close your eyes, I, I'm going to pray here in just a second. Can I ask you a couple of questions? With, with no one looking around, no one talking for just a second, I, I would never embarrass a soul. I promise you I wouldn't. But I'd sure love to know how to pray for you. You're here today, and let me just ask this first. Let me ask you, how many of you say this, Brother Kurt? I, I am a Christian. There's been a time in my life I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart and save me. I, if I died right now, I know for sure I'm on my way to heaven. I, I'm a Christian. I'm not perfect, but I know I'm on my way to heaven. If that's you and you know you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you know you're on your way to heaven. If that's you, and, and, and no one looking around, not here to embarrass anybody, but if that's you and you know you're a Christian, you've been saved, would you just slip up a hand as a testimony of the fact that I know I'm on my way to heaven? Praise the Lord. God bless you. A sea of hands. You can put them down. Thank you. What a blessing. What a blessing. Maybe you're here today and you couldn't raise your hand honestly. You're not sure you're on your way to heaven. If your life ended today, you're not sure that you go to heaven. But you know this, you know for, you know for sure you don't want to die and go to a place called hell. If that's you, let, let me reassure you, I would never embarrass a soul. And I've asked people to bow their head and close their eyes because I, I don't want anyone to be embarrassed.
But if you're here today and you say, I'm not sure I'm on my way to heaven, but I know for sure I don't want to die and go to that place called hell. Brother Kurt, would you just remember me in prayer as you close the service? Can I assure you of a couple things? Number one, I'm not going to point you out. Number two, I won't approach you. But number three, I'd love to have the honor of praying for you. In general, I don't know your name. But I'd love to just simply pray for you. You say, Brother Kurt, I'm not sure I'm on my way to heaven, but I know for sure I don't die and go to that place called hell. You say, Brother Kurt, would you remember me in prayer as you close the service today? If that's you and you give me the honor of simply praying for you with no one looking around so that no one would be embarrassed, but if that's you and you're not sure you're on your way to heaven, but you know you don't want to die and go to that place called hell, if you'd let me pray for you, if that's you, would you just slip up a hand? I'd love to pray for you. I won't embarrass you. I won't call your name out. I'd just love to pray for you. Anybody at all. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Anybody else? I'm not sure I'm on my way to heaven. Hey, can I, can I encourage you with this? You just raise your hand. Jesus loves you. That's why he came to this earth. He came in that manger because he knows you. And he wants you in heaven someday. Right there in your seat, you can ask Jesus to save you right there where you're at. It's not joining a church. It's not being baptized. It's putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray a simple prayer right here from the pulpit. And if you're not sure you're on your way to heaven, and you want to know you're on your way to heaven, you can pray this. It's not the words of the prayer that saves you. It's your heart towards God. But would you pray a simple little prayer like this quietly in your heart? You don't have to pray it out loud. Right there in your seat. Would you pray this, Lord? I know that I'm a sinner. I know I deserve your punishment. But you died on the cross for me. Please forgive me of my sins and save me. I'm trusting you today as best I know how. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer today, can I assure you of this? The Word of God teaches, when you call out to Him, He will save you. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You're here today and you prayed that simple prayer. I would love to rejoice with you. I will not approach you. But I'd love to shake your hand after the service. And all you have to do is say something like this. I prayed the prayer. I'll know exactly what you mean. And I would love to rejoice with you. I'd love to take a Bible and show you even more verses that explain it even more. But Christian, if you're here today, can I challenge you with this? Just a minute, we're going to sing. We'll have an invitation time. and Maybe you want to pray there at your seat. Maybe you want to come forward to this old-fashioned altar. But if God spoke in your heart, Christian, can I challenge you with this? Would you rejoice over that baby that was born in the manger who provided salvation for you? And would you share that baby in a manger with someone maybe a family member or a friend so they know Jesus Christ is their savior too maybe you pray for a family member or a friend this morning if God spoke in your heart I'm going to pray piano's already playing in just a moment if God spoke in your heart I invite you to come to this old fashioned altar why don't you talk to God Lord I thank you for your love 
Lord, I thank you for maybe those that this morning there in their seat, they've prayed to receive you as their Savior. Lord, I thank you for the fact that you came to this sin-cursed earth to die for us. And God, I pray that you'd help us to rejoice this Christmas season, God, for what you've done for us. Lord, help us to share you with others. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let's all stand to our feet. The piano plays. We'll sing this morning. And if God's spoken to your heart this morning, maybe you want to talk to God. You can talk to him right there in your seat. Why don't you come to this old-fashioned altar and let's talk to God here at this altar. Let's tell him how thankful we are for that baby born in the manger as we sing together. know Christ as your Savior, we'd love to help you. There'll be folks down front who'd love to take a Bible and show you from the Bible what it means to be a Christian. Would you come? Would you come? Maybe you prayed and you asked Jesus to save you. Let us know about that today. Let us know about it. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I love you this morning. I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for that baby that was born in the manger. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you, God, for being my Savior. Bless this dear church family in a special way. Give us a Merry Christmas together. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, would you thank Pastor Kurt for preaching for us this morning? Thank you so much. for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.